Dr. Marketing Tips, paging Dr. Marketing Tips. Dr. Marketing Tips, you're needed in the marketing department. Welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast, your prescription to the answers you seek to grow your medical practice easier, better, and faster. This show is all about connecting practice administrators and medical marketing professionals with peers working in practices, learning from experiences, making mistakes, and sharing successes. Let's get started. Hey there, welcome to the Dr. Marketing Tips Podcast. This is one of your hosts, Jennifer, and this week we've got something a little bit special for you. It's basically a highlight reel covering some very specific topics that we have been discussing on our weekly Facebook Live show. So bear with us here for the next 20 or so minutes, and I promise you're going to get a lot out of this that you can actually implement back at your practice. We talk about strategic planning. We dive into how we're monitoring reviews for the practices that we work with, but actually how we're taking those and cataloging them together and using the trends that we're seeing with our internal reviews to adjust some of the tactics that we're using from a marketing perspective with the practices that we're working with. We also talk about, you know, how you can get the most out of your vendor relationships. And, you know, some practices work together with multiple agencies. So we dive into that as well. I think you're going to get a bunch of stuff out of this episode. And thanks for joining us. Yeah, so we have a lot of clients that are right now focused on their strategic planning for this next year. Uh, In fact, yesterday I sat down with one of our clients and we went through sort of not only like a roadmap of of what to do for this next year, but also how to better position him and brand him within sort of the community because where he's at, there's a lot of other um, similar specialties coming in. And so what he wants to do is make sure that he's positioned as sort of the the luxury choice, but also still welcoming. So it's kind of a fine line there on how to make him appeal to the right type of patient and then what we can do to, to get there. So that's website, that's social media, that's uh, any sort of collateral he's handing out. It's mm-hmm. also even where he's choosing to advertise. So that's something um, to consider as well. Not only what the ad says, but where this ad is going and, and who ultimately is going to be looking at it. So if you're in, you know, like a, a small like clipper community type magazine, you know, and if you're yeah. trying to reach a higher type of, um, you know, the higher household annual income, is that the right place to be? Yes or no? Can we reallocate some of these dollars? And So and I know so, the doctor that you're talking about and he's in a very competitive space. Yes. He he's um, an ophthalmologist and he also has a medical spa associated with mm-hmm. his practice and so like a lot of op- optometrists or op- ophthalmo- ophthalmic ophthalmic practices ophthalmic practices i have a really tough time with that <laughs> god i cannot never say it but with a lot of them you know they're looking for those ancillaries and so he started the med spa to offset the op- ophthalmology side of the practice while he was getting that off the ground directly right. out of medical school mm-hmm. and so the strategically speaking the landscape has changed so much for him that it's literally once a year we're having to revisit not so much how to build his ophthalmology practice 
but more how to build his med spa practice. And so you had that meeting with him. Correct. How many times a year do you meet with that physician? Uh, at least twice a year. Okay. Yeah. And is it always kind of the same thing when you're there? Um, it, you know, it, it varies, but yeah, it, I would say at least one time per year, we kind of have this discussion of, well, how can I get a higher return on my injectables mm -hmm. and what can we do? We know it's a competitive space. We know that people are, are uh, moving in and how can we sort of maximize not only the patients that we already have, but kind of reach new patients without breaking the bank. Yeah, and I will say along that space, we're having those conversations with other ophthalmology group practices, mm -hmm. Optomic too, where we're talking about what kind of training can we put into place for employees where we can train them on you know, the next lens up yeah. and how do you, you know, somebody that may not be accustomed to selling, how do you teach them some very sellable scales, whether it's an iTech or somebody sure. and they're like selling the lens or even upselling on the med spa side. So I think strategically speaking, there's a lot of things to be done. Yeah, because a lot of times they're, they're you know, coordinators, so they're, they're not salespeople mm -hmm. and they may look at a potential patient and say, well, you know, they, they can't afford this upgraded cataract lens. I'm not even going to mention it to them. Um, but oftentimes, if you can just increase those conversion numbers, then you can really add uh, you know, a lot to the bottom line. And ultimately, the patient will be happier with the choice that they make because they have the upgraded lens so they can see close, they can see far, they're going to love you that much more for it. Yeah, and, and within that realm of that kind of strategy, we do a lot of, we're having a lot of conversations about patient readiness and getting patients ready for mm -hmm. those types of visits, and especially when it's a high dollar visit. Yeah. So we're down here visiting, um, getting ready to visit with the client tomorrow and we're going to have lunch with the client and then we've been asked to come present to the partner physicians kind of a status quo of where we are from a marketing standpoint we do this usually once a year with most of our clients um the, the larger practices where we will be asked to come talk to the doctors here's where we are today here's where you want to be tomorrow and we know it's not even august yet but we need to start thinking about the steps that we're going to put into place third fourth quarter so that come january 2020 we're ready to hit the ground running it's so valuable when you go meet with your vendors and you have conversations and you take an hour or so. I mean, as much as none of us have time to find an extra hour or two to go talk to people, we had a pretty extensive conversation about using online reviews to truly boost local search and to really get a leg up on from a marketing perspective. And so they were able to share with us. So this is the vendor that we use for online reputation management for monitoring reviews, responding to reviews and um, sending out text alerts and email alerts asking for reviews. And so the one thing that I really took from them is how they've been able to use reviews with small practices and seeing like a complete 360 degree change um, in a matter of weeks where somebody's showing up on page three and then getting them to show up on page one. And so I think kind of having that discussion of how they use um, kind of those case studies to sell their product really kind of reinforces that what we're doing is the right way to go about it. And then really some of those new kind of um, things that they were rolling out, like being able to contribute to the conversation. Um, so for one thing, we're able to offer these sentiment analysis with some of our clients. So basically, you know, get a top level view of, you know, what's trending on your online reviews. So if you have 5,000 reviews and 20% of them are related to the front desk, it might say, you know, we might need to do some training or something for the front desk. And so I think it was nice to be able to contribute to that conversation. So the end product is more of something um, that we're looking for and that our clients are looking for. What did you think, Danielle? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, use this vendor every day. And so we kind of have like the going with the motions of what we use it. So taking that time today to kind of see the new offerings that they have and how we can apply it. 
and then they can get our perspective because we're with the physicians and office managers every day to kind of give them that perspective as well. So it's like a mutual relationship where we can both benefit and learn from each other's experiences to make it the product even better for our clients. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, speaking of the sentiment analysis, I did kind of a manual one a couple weeks ago for one of our clients to kind of really deep dive uh, and read every single one of their negative reviews to kind of get really the, the core of, of what the pain points were. Um, so it's interesting to see the, how the vendor's working on it to kind of get more granular with their sentiment analysis so they can kind of see the things that people are talking about the practices online. So Jed and Sue, one thing that we did with the sentiment analysis, um, so when Corey and I were down visiting this client, we had to do this big presentation to all of the doctors and we were trying to get them on board with some of the training that we're now offering, especially like the patient experience customer service training. So what we did is we, we took a look at their competitors and their digital footprint online and we ran it through our software so we could see how the competitors and the doctor reviews stood up apples to apples to the physicians that we work with. Then we went in and we looked at all of the several thousand reviews that the practice has and we broke it down by all right, these negative reviews are about the front desk, these negatives are about doctors, these negatives are about billing, and then of that, we saw that 55% of the negative reviews were somehow related to the physician, and then we could dive into that a little bit more, and Danielle had it set up like on a chart that said it's three physicians out of 12 that are impacting 55% of the negative reviews. And then the next one was front desk, and it was something related to, I was on hold too long, the wait time was too long, things of that nature. And so I think, I think just visiting with your vendors on a regular basis you know, adds so much value, and sometimes you forget that you've got vendors out there, and they're experts in their areas. Yeah, and I think that was one of my takeaways, and uh, you know, they said it there, like, we are a software provider, but you guys actually know what's happening within the practices, so we can only do so much. So that's why that relationship is sort of mutually beneficial because we work on, we kind of like straddle the line, you know, so we have, we're outside consultants, but we are in the practices and involved with the consulting and the strategy enough, or the strategic direction, where we can say, well, it makes sense to leverage the technology in, you know, X, Y, and Z ways, where the vendor would have never even thought of that because they just they build it and then they sort of release it to the wild and it's up to us or you know whoever mm -hmm. to sort of figure out what ways to best use that so we one of the things that we do to leverage their technology with the online review management is provide education to some of the uh, staff folks and to the practices so we can identify where there's some areas that are lacking and then provide education to help beef and like beef those up. And they they thought that was a great idea because they don't have anybody doing that. They never thought of that because mm -hmm. all they do is look at a computer and build the technology. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, and then another takeaway that I had was from like a local search perspective. So they're rolling out essentially like in a nutshell, it's it's a full um, like listing management sort of program. And if you think about it on a pie chart between the, let's call it like reviews, website, search engine optimization, organic content, ads, all these other things, we can cover X amount of pieces. The reviews is another piece. So as we kind of complete this whole puzzle, um, the practice sort of benefits as a result. So it was interesting just, just to hear that feedback that what we're doing is the right thing to be doing. Absolutely. 
So what are, uh, what's one of the big things you're working on this week? Uh, so we have a practice that we work with. Um, they're getting ready to do this giant seminar. They do two of these a year, and it's a way to engage the athletic training and occupational therapy community around them. So that each seminar, there's about six or 700 people. Um, some of these are referral partners, some are potential referral partners, um, but either way, they, they have typically some sort of relationship. Um, and attendees get CEUs for going to this event. So that's coming up in two weeks. So we're in basically crunch time to get everything, to get, yeah, week and a half, so uh, we're in crunch time to get everything together. That's, that's um, emails, posters, day of activities. Um, there's gonna be a foundation that's there that we have to have a whole bunch of coordination for. So that's been my last couple of days is coordinating all of that. Hey guys, Corey here, co-host of the Dr. Marketing Tips podcast, and I wanted to interrupt this episode just for a minute to tell you about Insight Training Solutions. So Insight Training Solutions is an ongoing employee engagement and training platform for your medical practice, meaning employees can log on and take these medical practice-specific trainings whenever and wherever they are. And each training is meant to increase employee engagement, improve practice reputation, and develop some patient service mindsets. If we're being honest, something that we all know some of the employees may lack. Not uh, calling anybody out by name, but uh, one of the cool things about Insight Training Solutions is they're always developing new content. And they just released 10 Steps to a Phenomenal Patient Experience, where you'll learn how to create a phenomenal patient experience, strengthen job security, and discover customer service secrets for your entire team. So this course is in addition to the other ones they already have, which include communication across generations and how to understand today's multi-generational workforce and how to develop overall patient experience. This is another course, the new approach to customer service. We've also got eight ways to wow patients and you can sign up for a free trial to see what everything is about. Uh, at InsightTrainingSolutions.io. That's InsightTrainingSolutions.io or just Google Insight Training Solutions. You'll be glad you did. So let's um, let's get started with Corey. You've been in meetings all day today. What's been going on? Yeah, so I had a meeting with one of our clients and um, so he has kind of a unique relationship. He works with us and he also works with another agency that handles a portion of his digital strategy, specifically the website, some of the email communications, a couple other things here and there, some social. Um, so we were talking about how best to sort of work together and be collaborative. And the reason I wanted to bring that up was I think it's okay to absolutely work with other agencies, uh, especially if, if you find that some have um, particular areas of strengths uh, compared to other ones. So if you want to sort of like divvy up your marketing pie, if you will. But the thing to remember is that ultimately the success it sort of falls back on the client in that case because so how i explained it to him was that he's getting a new website through this other agency and it's like it's a new car it is new paint job new engine new transmission but there's nobody driving it so they're going to deliver this thing which is great it looks good it's going to do what we want it to do as long as someone's paying attention and behind the wheel and so as we started to talk about those things and unpack it we realized that uh, some of the email campaigns and things that they do, it, they haven't been updated 
uh, I mean, the content's updated, but the look and the way that they do it and the lists and everything, it hasn't been updated in years. And it's, again, there's just, you know, there's nobody with sort of their finger on the pulse. There's no one driving. They're just sort of checking off the boxes and saying, we are supposed to deliver X, Y, and Z to this client who's on the other side of the country from us. And that's, that's what's happening. Whereas like we are local, so this, the discussion that we were having was, well, how can we best leverage their talents and their tools to work with our stuff, knowing what we want to accomplish, and then we can actually like put a driver behind the wheel of this thing and then go. And I don't think it's that unheard of to have multiple agencies no. or crossover when it comes to accountability and responsibilities. I mean, we've got a doctor that has a book coming out this year that we're working on a project for that, and we work hand in hand with his PR firm. Absolutely. And there is totally some crossover. We have a large ophthalmology group who has another company that they use for like little things related to videos and some of that's crossover. So I think from a practice standpoint, um, so Danielle, Corey and I kind of knew that we saw the writing on the wall with this new website that was coming on board. We thought this might be a good opportunity to nip some of those concerns that we have in the buds because we've been working with them for a couple of years. So that's why Corey went to that meeting. And I just think that if the most important takeaway there is that you have to, if you're going to have multiple agencies, you need to make sure that they're all on the same page and that they know what the expectations are and that there's somebody in charge. So somebody needs to be driving the car. Um, but you need to lay out those expectations and you want them to work together to make you stronger and don't keep them isolated. You know, they're all part of the family. Yeah. Right. It, it's got to be collaborative. And um, you also have to, I think it's important to either you as a practice or, you know, someone within your organization or even at one of the agencies, if you really trust them, to sort of set benchmarks and measurables of everything. So that way, you know, if there's one agency that's doing email, one's doing websites or whatever, you know that I have this list and it says we're supposed to see 5% growth over emails. And if you're just sending them out and no one's paying attention, well then we have the, this piece of accountability that we can fall back on. It's in writing, this is what you're supposed to deliver. So that way you as a client wind up with the, the best possible marketing. Absolutely. What were you gonna say? I was gonna say, I think for this client in particular, for a while we didn't really fully understand what the other agency was, was doing, so it's like, I think we're supposed to be doing this and I think Aetna's Great doing point. that so we don't need to worry about that and so for a while there was like that back and forth of like I think they're handling that so we don't have to worry about it and then it's like oh crap nobody was handling that Great point. and so we've tried um, within the last few months to set a standing call with this um, with this other agency so it can be on the same same page like what are you working on this quarter what are your goals this quarter what are yes. we working on so we we're all part of the same team yeah the working in the same direction is to yeah. let the client be or allow the client to be successful yep. um not to be you know tit for tat piss and mash it's i think it's great we great want the client to be successful so. yeah absolutely i mean there's there's enough business obviously mm -hmm. for thousands of agencies so yeah. let's work together and remember that we're supposed to be helping the client yeah Absolutely. Yeah. What did you what what did what did you learn this week, Danielle? Um, so switching gears, last night when I was scrolling through LinkedIn, I saw this headline. It said that resumes are starting to look like Instagram posts or Instagram um, profiles, um, and so this is kind of becoming popular with Gen Z. So even younger than the millennials, I know millennials get a bad <laughs> rep, and um, they're turning forty this year, so they're not right? that young anymore. Exactly. Thank you. Because a lot of these marketing programs that get put into place for your marketing folks too, 
um, they don't happen overnight. It's not something that you want to wait till November 15th to do because it takes a huge ramp up to get ready for January 1. And so I think it's important to start those conversations now. So we're down here for this client about three hours, two and a half hours from our home base in Central Florida. Um, down here tomorrow night, we'll be in front of about 12, 15 doctors mm -hmm. and kind of hearing from them and us sharing best practices with them. And then from there, we'll jump off and, and have that conversation about strategy. Part of what we're going to present to them tomorrow night is to bring in a third party to come in and do a deep dive with the physicians and with the partners on um, really doing a strategic planning session with their main team of physicians and then also coming in and doing some of our ask with why um, start with why sessions with their management team so that we can really get a baseline for 2020 moving forward yeah and i'm sure it's this way in, in a lot of practices where and i know it is for the folks that we work with um you know there's there's some of the younger physicians and they want to go in one direction some of the older guys want to go in another direction there's always somebody that just doesn't care, that thinks marketing yep. is stupid, just it doesn't matter what direction we go, it's a waste of money. Um, so like what you were talking about with the planning session, I think that's that's uh, a great way to go about it because it really does take all of these different conversations. You know, you have to talk about it four or five, six, seven times to get everyone on the same page and kind of get the, the ship sort of steered in the right direction mm -hmm. because there are so many ways to spend money and there are so many ways that you can see a return or not see a return. Um, so it makes sense to have this sort of strategic discussion to, again, make sure everyone's on the same page and that we're all agreed. Everyone has heard the plan, even when they say that they, they won't, uh, they didn't. Uh, everyone's heard the plan, we're on board with the plan, we know what the spend is, and we know what the expectations are. That way we can all be held accountable and everyone ultimately will be happier uh, once the plan is executed. Yeah, and I feel like I'm having more and more of these conversations every it does single seem day. That way. You know, I had one um, a practice administrator call me yesterday and she wants they're going into the medical marijuana area. They're gonna they're gonna be prescribing for medical marijuana. So we're talking about how do we get the doctor listed on the front page of Google mm -hmm. and how do we update the website to get it ready and what's the strategy for that moving forward. And I'm having a lot of those conversations as medical marijuana comes into play. Um, and just, you know, even what we're doing right now, like we're gonna spend, we spent today, we're gonna spend probably about four or five hours tomorrow and then we'll do a follow-up on Friday where we wrap in all the different elements of what we do on a regular basis and where we what we need to do between now and the end of the year to make sure we're on target for our plan and then getting you know the, the framework laid out for our December planning session where we bring everybody to mm -hmm. the same page and get us all in the same room and really dive into what we're gonna do not only for our company but also for our clients because there's so many more tools and different things that are going on, different dynamics that are changing the marketplace. And so how are we gonna tackle that in 2020? So I think, you know, this is a good time to talk about strategic planning. Yeah, and like you said, so in December, we kind of bring everyone on our team on board. And the reason that we do that is because we found that when everyone knows what the plan is and they feel like they're a part of it, and at least they're a part of that discussion so they can mm -hmm. hear it, they're a little bit more vested in what's actually Absolutely. happening. So they're not just saying, oh, well, you know, my task list is a mile long. They actually know sort of like why these things are happening and if there's a new policy put into place or, or a shift in something that happens day to day, they say, you know, they can go back to that or they can ask the question and go, oh, does that relate to what we talked about? And the answer is, yeah. And that's then we right. can dialogue from there. And I think that's been really beneficial. Absolutely. So we would be remiss if we didn't mention that um, you need to, check over to, pop over to 
insightmg.com slash plan to find out about our strategic planning and what we might be able to do for your practice. And also go over there and grab a copy of our 2020 strategic planning template that you can take, print off, and go through a strategic planning session for you and for your practice. Thanks for listening to the DrMarketingTips.com podcast. If there's anything from today's show you want to learn more about, check out DrMarketingTips.com for our podcast resource center with all the notes, links, and goodies we mentioned during the show. If you're not already a subscriber to our show, please consider pressing the subscribe button on your podcast player so you never miss one of our future episodes. And if you haven't given us a rating or review yet on iTunes, please find a spare minute and help us reach and educate even more of our medical practice peers. Thanks again for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Doctor's Orders.